Amen. John chapter number five. You can take your Bible anywhere you want to. It's all good. Amen. But uh, John five is where I'll be at. Amen. John five and verse number one. John five and verse number one. Boy, I like this chapter. God gave us some stuff out of this chapter. I won't be a help to us this morning. And uh, man, I've enjoyed John five. If you if you're looking for a good book to read, as far as just just having been saved and just just having got in the family or just needing to get back in the Word of God, John, the book of John is the best place I know to start of. Amen. It teaches that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Amen. He is, uh, he is, God, he is God's only begotten Son, and uh, He's God Almighty in the flesh. The Bible said the full, that in Him dwells the fullness of the Godhead. Amen. <laughs> that means all power dwells in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Bible said in verse 1, John chapter 5, After this... There was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, wait, uh, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down in a certain season into the pool, and troubled the water, whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And, and I'll go down here to verse number 7. You find out there's a man who's been at this water for 38 years. And the Bible said in verse number 6, that Jesus asked him at the end, said, Wilt thou be made whole? Verse number 7 said, The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Well, I read that, and, he, and what makes me think of, he said he had to be put into the pool. So I believe he probably was crippled. That he had to have been, I believe he had to be put in the pool. But then I got to thinking this, but that ain't all the Bible said in that verse. He said, but while I am coming, I, so I, can, I can picture a man that is crippled, but he is crawling, he is pulling, he is rolling, whatever it takes to get to the water. He is trying his dead level best to get to where the water's been stirred. And I'm not preaching on water salvation. We are saved by grace. Amen. We're saved by the blood of the crucified one, and that's it. Amen. We're saved by the cross and grace and mercy and nothing else. Amen. We're not saved by works. We're saved by faith in the blood of the Son of God. So I ain't preaching on works this morning, but I'm trying to, I want to take this, this water for a little while and take that water and apply it to the church. I want to take this water and apply it to the church. Because I tell you, if anybody needs to be stirred, it's a church that needs to be stirred. If anybody ought to be excited, it ought to be the church, amen. We got something to be excited about, amen. Amen. But if the Lord will help me for a little while, I want to preach on this thought. I may be crippled, but I'm still coming. I may be crippled, but I'm still coming. 
Father, thank you for letting us meet this morning. Oh, God, thank you for the singing already. It's been good. Oh, God, thank you for all the, all that's went on already. Thank you for our public servants. And God, thank you for the chance to honor them. Oh, God, thank you, Lord Jesus, for allowing us to live, uh, God, in this day and be saved. And God, thank you for letting us be able to breathe your good air and, and be able to walk and see and hear. We're blessed beyond all measure. Help me this morning as I preach. God, stir our hearts, God, and do a work in us before we leave. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I got to read and I got to look it over here in verse number one. The Bible said in verse one, after this, I thought about after this, and I'm going to get the message here in a minute, but that word after this means something. There's no word in the Bible there by accident. Uh, this word, the words in this Bible is there on purpose. Amen. After this, after what? Look at verse number, chapter 4, verse number 54. He had just got done healing a man's son. And he told him, said, Go thy way, thy son liveth. His son was dying. And he said, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And y'all hang with me. I'm going somewhere. Amen. He said, Your son's alive now. And though he was dying. He said in verse 54, this again, talking about that miracle, this is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea into Galilee. And it said, after this, boy, I read that, because we're getting ready to read about another miracle. And boy, I wrote this down, that miracles, I wrote down the word miracles. I'm glad that Jesus is not done doing miracles. I'm glad God is not done doing great things. I'm glad God can still do great things. I'm glad God can still save sinners. Hey, somebody said, man, I don't see the dead being raised. I don't see blind seeing. Hey, I'll tell you this. If you were lost, you were dead. You were dead in trespasses. Had sin on your way to hell. Had he quickened you. Had made you alive. Amen. You were blind. Had he gave you sight. Amen. You were crippled and he got you up when you got saved. Amen. 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 I tell you, God is not done in miracle working business. He ain't done in the rest of it either, by the way. He still heals people from cancer. He still heals people that have tumors. He still, hey, they still are still going and trying to find stuff that people prayed about and they can't find it no more because they are still a God who is still able to do all he's ever been able to do. Amen. I'm glad I don't serve a used to be God or a used to be Jesus. He is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He is always the same. He'll always have the same power. But I read this. Look at, look at the same verse, verse number one. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. I'll tell you this, Jesus is magnificent. By this I mean this, that there's a command in the Old Testament that every Jew, Jew gets there for the feast. They were supposed to be at the feast. And Jesus done exactly what he's supposed to do. He's at the feast. And while I read that and thought, you know, Jesus ain't never done nothing wrong. Jesus ain't never thought a wrong thought, done a wrong deed, said a wrong word, went to a wrong place, and yet he died for lost people who've done all of that and above. Amen. Well, I got to think about it. he's magnificent. Listen to this. Not only that, but when Jesus went up to Jerusalem, I'll tell you this, so your Bible's accurate because Jerusalem is always a higher elevation than every other land around it. And when it says he went up to Jerusalem, the Bible's even correct in that because it's geographically up 
to get to Jerusalem. You've got a correct Bible. That King James Bible is correct and without error. Amen. Listen to this. Oh, boy, i got to look at that market. Let me tell you this. I thought about mercy. You say, where do you get that? Look at verse 2. Or let me show you the market. The Bible said, now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool. I thought it was interesting that Jesus uh, took this man, changed this man's life at a place where sheep are purchased. Hey, Amen. I'm glad I got I'm glad I got purchased. I old sheep got purchased. You the sheep got purchased. If you're saved, that he left the ninety and nine and went and got you. Amen. Amen. Let me give you this, not only the market. Let me give you the mercy, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda. That word Bethesda means means a place of mercy. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad there is a place of mercy. This is what we're getting ready to read about is a place of mercy. It was a pool, and there was a place where it would be stirred every once in a while, and somebody who was messed up, and life was messed up, and their heart and their life and everything's messed up could dip in that water. And I'm not talking about being baptized. I'm talking about a supernatural work of God. Amen. They got in the water, and they got changed forever. Amen. Listen to this. I, I, I want to clarify that because I'm telling you, I ain't talking about baptism. We're getting ready to have one here in a little while, but all that baptism does is just like this wedding ring. If I take this wedding ring off, I'm still married. Hey, but I put it on, let everybody else know I am married. Amen. Yeah. I, that, that, all that does, I don't, I don't do a hill of beans other than show everybody else that I found steak and I'm leaving baloney alone. Amen. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's right. That's the way every man ought to feel when he got married. Say amen. Yeah. That's right. Man, I, I, I read this. Mercy is the, name, is the word Bethesda. But then I read this. said there's five porches. Having five porches. But I read that. I wrote down this, the making of five porches. That means somewhere along the line this water had got stirred. These people had seen that this man, some man has stepped in this water and he has been crippled and he has been changed and healed and he's different now and he can walk. And maybe somebody blind has got in that water and they came back out seeing and then somebody all of a sudden says, because listen, the cripple didn't make these porches. Blind didn't make these porches. But somebody out of pure love for people made these porches. Well, I can picture you got a, a row over here of impotent, withered, halt, blind people that are messed up. And then you got another porch over here of blind and crippled and, and, and diseased people who nobody wants. And they're over here in the next porch. Then you got the third porch and the fourth porch. And you got the fifth porch. And all lines around this one pool. And they all lay with the one hope that one day the water will be stirred. And I can get in that pool. Boy, I got to read this. That means somebody thought we better make something so people can get some help. And boy, I think that's what church is, don't you? Church is a place. That was made because somebody got help from Jesus. And they said, boy, we're going to make church. We're going to make a building where we can dedicate it completely and fully to Him and let Him make a difference in our lives. Amen. Let me give you this. But I thought about the making of it. Somebody, and somebody got a burden to make Victory Bible Baptist Church. 
Somebody got a burden to put pews in it. Somebody got a burden to put a pulpit in it. Somebody got a burden to put carpet carpet down. Somebody got a burden. Because they had seen some stirring going on at some point where somebody could get help. And they wanted to make it accessible. Amen. Well, that's what church is all about. Amen. If I'm going to give you this. I'm gonna give you, I'll, I'll get right in the message. I'm going to give you this. I may be crippled, but I'm still coming. Bob wrote down this. My first thought is this. I got problems, but I'm still coming. Somebody said, boy, I've had people tell me, yes, preacher, if I come to church, whole church fall in. Amen. If I come to church, roof will fall in, the walls will close down. I'm telling you, you won't even be able to have church no more if I come to church. It'll be broke down all over the place. Amen. I'm telling you, that's what church is for. Church is for people who've got problems and who need God and who need help. Amen. Church is not a place of display where we can display beautiful, perfect people because we're not perfect and we're not amazing. All we got is an amazing God who is wonderful, amen. It's not about us. It's all about Him. I got problems, but I'm still coming. I've watched people get out of church for that reason. I've watched people that I love and my own family and my own friends that have said, well, brother, I messed up real bad, so I'm not coming. Who hadn't messed up? Who hadn't messed up? Amen. I tell you this, if you, hey, listen, if you say you're saved by the grace of God and you love Jesus and you ain't never found God, you are one of two things. You are Jesus or you are a liar. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, I don't believe you, Jesus. Amen. I tell you, we'll lie if we say we're perfect. Amen. I tell you, church is not a display for beautiful, perfect people. Hey, church is a place where hurting can get help, where messed up lives can be made whole, where people can be changed, where people can live different. Amen. Well, I know this. I know when I came in lost and did not know Jesus, I'm glad that church was a church that cared about sinners. Amen. I came in, listened to Marilyn Manson wearing black, all over gothic, wicked, uh, sinful, slim, shady looking, wicked thing, brother Corey. Amen. <laughs> wicked. Said that to Corey because he picked on about that picture he saw. Amen. But I tell you, but brother, I'm telling you, I was lost. And if they would have just pushed me away as if I was not like them and there was not loved and nobody cared, but I'm telling you, I just would have left and went on to hell. I'm glad somebody cared. I'm glad it was a place where people that had trouble could get help and God could make a difference in their lives. Amen. Amen. I'll be honest with you, church sometimes has come has come to the place where all it is has a display booth, but it is not about being displayed. It is not about being made pretty in front of everybody else. It is about God. I tell you, church is all about God making a difference in people's lives. Amen. Oh, God help us. Boy, I read this. I'll give you this. I thought about it. I got problems, but I'm still coming. What problems these people got? The Bible said in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk. I read impotent. Impotent means weak. Weakness. Means weak physically or weak mentally. 
said, Brother John, I got some weakness in my body. So did this guy. So did many of those around these porches. He said, I got weakness in my mind, Brother John. I got, I got depression or I got discouragement or I got anxiety. I got trouble. I got all kinds of issues. Can I tell you something this morning? Hey, keep on trucking. Keep on getting to where the water is. Keep on coming to church because you might have problems. But keep on coming, amen. You can't get help sitting on the couch. Amen. You can get help if you get in. And I say that with love. I love you. Boy, I want us all to get help. I need help. Just like you do. Say, so preachers have problems? Oh, yeah, preachers got problems. I woke up with broken glasses this morning. I got problems too. Amen. <laughs> broke them. I have no idea how I broke them, but I broke them. Hey, man, I broke all kinds of stuff. Man, I'm a breaking kind of person. I break everything there is to break. Hey, we was at work the other day, had a big old glass, glass storm door. And they asked who wanted to break it. I said, I would love to. <laughs> Let me, I, I got Baptist head to toe, and I would really like to hit that glass right there. I'd love to do it. You know, Malia had made me mad that morning. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, man, she had me. Man. I did. I wanted to break that glass. Y'all, y'all wanted to break something. And I did. I wanted, I wanted to break it. I, man, I enjoyed it. I threw that sledgehammer through that glass. That thing shattered in a million pieces. Boy, I was happy. I was enjoying it. Ain't nothing like, ain't nothing like being... Listen, we're missing that in our day and time. Manliness, to be honest with you. Masculinity is gone in our day. God help us men go get perms. Somebody say amen. Amen. Amen, that's right. I, I, ain't, I ain't getting a perm, amen. amen. I try my best to get this one cow lick I got right there to sit down, but it don't hardly sit down either, amen. I got one big old cow lick. Look like I do got a perm right on the side of my head if I didn't have air spray on this morning. And by the time I get done preaching sweat, it'll be, it'll be bad normal anyway. But anyhow, boy, I thought about I got problems, but I'm still coming. We're weak. We don't like to admit that. We're weak. How many times at church you came to church and said, boy, I'm weak, I need something. I need something. I need something. You might have came this morning saying, I really need something. And if I don't get it before I go home, I just don't know if I can make it through my week. I don't know if I can make it through the rest of my day. I don't know if I can make it if I just don't, I don't get something this morning that'll help me because I'm weak. I'm weak. I'm weak. I tell you, I am this morning. I'm weak this morning. I need God this morning. And listen, I like that song just to it yesterday. I can't even walk without you holding my hand. And listen, I can't breathe. I can't live. I can't walk. I can't see. I can't do anything if God will not allow me to do it. If God don't let me do what he allows me to do, then I cannot do any of it. Thank you, brother. I can't do nothing. And without God, I cannot do it. And without God, you can't either, by the way. You know why you work a job? You know why you live life? It's because God Almighty allowed you to live life you're living. Amen. You say, Brother John, I got, I got all this. I got this. I got that. I'll tell you why you got it. You got it because an Almighty, a gracious and wonderful God, and gave it to you anyway. Amen. We're weak. Listen to this. Because the Bible says it was impotent, folk. Instead of blind, 
Let me say this, we're wanting. I believe the Lord let my glasses break this morning on purpose. See, that's crazy. Well, I was getting ready to preach on this. And I, man, I, whole time we was riding down the road, I got nauseous feeling. Because you can't hardly see. I finally laid my head back and closed my eyes. Because if you can't see good, it's just about as good to be blind as it is to see, to see hardly at all about being nauseous. I ain't complaining. I'm just telling you. God showed me some stuff this morning while I was thinking about this. You know if you lose your vision, that you... That, you, that if you lose your vision for God, you lose your vision. That's, listen, that's what church is. Church is us having a vision for people. So what's a vision? Vision is to see sinners get saved. That if somebody's lost, they wouldn't go to hell. Hey, man, I'll tell you this. Let me, let me tell you this. Somebody said, boy, it's not that big of a deal. Hey, it's not, Brother John, is it that big of a deal? Yes, 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 yes. Boy, I'll tell you how big of a deal it is. It's a big of a deal. Jesus died for it. It's a big a deal. Jesus died for it. It's a big a deal. Jesus put a whole Bible in here that would tell man how not to go to hell and how to go to heaven and how to have grace and mercy and justification and peace. I tell you, God meant so much to God that He wrote it for everybody to see. I tell you, let's get a vision together. I know this is a noble day. I, I know what it is, but I'm telling you, this is what God told me to preach to us this morning. Let's get a vision. You, if you work with public, get a vision where you work. Get a vision where you live. Get a vision where you go and reach lost people. I'll tell you a good way to do it, just, just to egg you on here a little bit. Why don't you ask them what you can pray about Wednesday nights? So we come in here every Wednesday night and pray. We pray on Sunday morning, Sunday night. Why don't you ask them? What can our church pray for you about? We'd love to pray for you. Boy, I ask that question a lot. Something we can pray for you all about? Something we can pray for you about? You know why? Because ain't no, I ain't never had anybody refuse it either, by the way. I, ain't never, I don't know anybody want to refuse prayer to you. Most people, even if atheists, don't mind you praying for them. Because they ain't so much atheists as what they lie and make out to be. Amen. 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 Boy, let's get a vision. Let me say this. Not only get a vision, wanting, they were wanting, they were blind. Let me say this. This is real. Now, this is really this is really a technical word right here. I mean, real deep. I mean, this is deep. I mean, you, you hear this word, you're going to go home and think, boy, I got to go home and look this up. This is such an amazing word. I got to look it up. I mean, it's amazing now. So we got to listen real close to this word. It's going to be amazing. There's a group of woed people. Woad, like W-O-A-H-E-D. You know, that's what it says on country signs like where I live. It don't have no stop on there. It says, whoa! That's, real, that's a Greek word. No, that word means stop! <laughs> that means stop. I always thought when I was a teenager it meant squeal tires on pavement. Amen. That ain't what it means either. Amen. It means stop. Whoa! Hold up! Hey, some places in the country, I believe they probably got woe on the, on the sign. Amen. I've been to some places down there in Alabama. I drove, I drove for two miles in the, on dirt road and never saw a, 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 a paved road. And went from one church to the other to preach. I said, Lord, have mercy. It, do they have a paved road around here? And I stayed in one of them. I thought, Lord, help. I mean, I, what if it rains? I mean, I guess I ain't going home. 
Amen. That little old car ain't making it through mud. Amen. Boy, I got I got thinking about this. Halt. Withered. Waiting. Whoa. These people are whoa. They're stopped. How many people are saved by the grace of God and they've went a certain distance with God, but they're stopped. They don't cuss no more. They don't drink no more. If they smoke dope, they don't smoke dope no more. They live different. But they're stopped at that point. They're at the point they've been saved. God changed their lives. He's made a difference. But now they're, they're at the place of stagnation. They're at the place that they're not going any further with God. They've stopped. Where they are. Can I tell you this, York, this morning, take the brakes off. You ought to just say, God, I'm going all the way. I won't stop here. I'll go on. I said earlier, but God did not save you just to keep you out of hell. That is the biggest reason that he saved us is to keep us from going to hell. But he saved us another to go to heaven and be with him and fellowship with him. But then also he wants us to reach a world that's lost. I say stop woeing God. Stop stopping God. Stop limiting God. Let me say this, they're withered. Listen to this, see if this don't sound familiar to you, withered means to go away. How many of us Christians got stuff in our lives we used to do, but it's withered to nothing? Our love for the Bible has withered. We first got saved. We first got saved. Well, you get that Bible out and you read chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter. Tears are streamed down your face as you read your Bible because you loved the Lord Jesus and you loved this Bible. Had tears streamed down your face. Had you'd fall more and more in love with Him. But now, since it's been a while, you've withered on down. Hey, life has withered. It's withered your love for God. It's withered your love for the Bible. It's withered your love for Jesus. I tell you, we need God to help us get our joy and excitement and love for Jesus back. Amen. And our commitment to Him back. Our commitment. God help us. Not only that waiting. They're waiting, people. I'm all, I'll be done here in a moment. But they're waiting for the moving of the water. You know why they keep on laying around the pool and they don't try to go nowhere else? Because they, they, they're waiting on something to happen again. They're waiting, saying, boy, if it could just happen again, I could get some help. If it just happened again, I could get some help. Let me give you this. I said, I got problems, but I'm still coming. I got problems, but I'm still coming because I need help. Listen to this. Waters are stirred. So I'm still coming. Waters are stirred. So I'm still coming. But I thought about this. If you put two things of, of, milk, of chocolate milk here today, one of them, you put milk in there, and then you pour a Hershey, hallelujah, fudge chocolate in there, I mean, that's, that's, almost, that's almost heaven, ain't it? That's good right there, amen. That, that, that syrup. Put that syrup all inside that and this one right here and you don't shake it up, 
But then you put it in this snow, you don't stir it up, you don't take a spoon and stir it, you leave it. Just like it is. Chocolate's all at the bottom, milk's up top. And I'll give you another one over here. It's got the same ingredients, it's got the same milk. It's got the same syrup in the bottom of it. But I take a spoon, I stir this one up, and I handed you both. Which one are you going to take? The stirred one. But both of them got the same ingredients. I tell you, there's a lot of people who are saved, but they're not stirred. They got the same Jesus, but they're not stirred. They love the same God, but they're not stirred up about it. They're glad that they're not going to hell, but they sure ain't stirred. I tell you, I want to be that child of God who's stirred for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Boy, somebody say that's fanatical. That is fanatical. If you went to the race car track, it wouldn't be fanatical. Amen. If they had a Dale Earnhardt Jr. hat on, coat on, pants on, hey, I mean shoes that even matched all of it, had his racing gloves on, you'd just say, boy, they sure do like hey, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Hey, but I tell you, we get to church, somebody ought to say amen, and somebody ought to be excited, and somebody ought to be glad that they're not going to hell anymore, and that Jesus has paid their debt. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll tell you, waters are stirred. So I'm still coming. Heard an atheist say one time, said the church caught fire. People been begging that, and this atheist guy to come to church. And they, and they come and he watched it while it was burning. And they said, man, said, why? You come to church now. He said, been begging you for years to come to church. He said, because now it's on fire. Hey, Amen. I say now we ought to be on fire. I'm not talking about burning the church. I'm talking about we ought to be on fire for God. We ought to be lit, lit, lighting it all on fire for God. Amen. Hey, we got something to be excited about. Amen. I'm telling you. If they go, they go wild over a pigskin getting across, getting across the touchdown line. Man, they'll do dances. They'll jump up and down. They'll holler and scream. I listen. I give, I give you the one better than that. Listen, to this Jesus died, buried, rose again, so you would not go to hell. Had He purchased you, forgave every sin you've ever committed, washed you clean the blood of Jesus, and taken you to heaven when you die, and you'll get to see Him face to face. I say, if we all to be excited, we. Are I'll be excited about that, amen. I believe I'll be excited about it. And we ought to be stirred. Said they're waiting for the moving. There's one word about, about stirring, moving. For the, an angel went down a certain season in the pool and troubled, troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water. You know there's danger of not having water troubled. If there's a big old pond and, and it doesn't ever get recycled and stuff like that, and if you go over and drink that pond, it'll make you sick as a dog. It'll make you sick drink stagnated water. Water's got to be stirred. Has to be stirred. That's why they put filters on them little ponds you put out in the yard because if not, it's going to get filled up with algae and it'll get filled up with junk and, and then you'll try, and I don't think you ever would, but if you ever try to drink that water and make you sick, it'd make you, it might even give you a parasite if you touched it and touched your eyes or your mouth. It would get you sick. It's dangerous to have stagnated water. And I tell you, it's dangerous for a church to ever get stagnated on God. I tell you, we ought to stay stirred. We ought to stay stirred for God. Oh, man. 
Listen to this, though. He said, Whosoever then first, after trouble of the water, verse 4, last part of that said, was stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. But I wrote down this. Not only I'm co- I got problems, but I'm still coming. The waters are stirred, so I'm still coming. But let me say this. There's no limitation, so I'm still coming. Unless it's a whosoever. It's not just preacher and deacons. It ain't just teachers. It ain't just good. It ain't just good people, by the way, either. Amen. Because by God's the standard, ain't nobody good. There's none good. No, not one. Amen. I tell you, boy, I got to read this. It's a whosoever. I mean, God is not a respecter of persons. God won't help this person and not help this one. God will help every single person that needs help. They just got to want it. They got to come to get it. I picture this man crawling. Can y'all picture that with me? Here's a man who is crippled. He needs somebody to pick him up and put him in the pool. But he ain't got no mama that cares. He doesn't have a daddy or a brother or a sister or a cousin or anybody. He says, I have no man when the water's troubled to put me in the pool. He said, I ain't got nobody. Can I tell y'all something this morning? When you ain't got nobody, you still got Jesus. Hey, because this man had Jesus come to his aid. Amen. When you ain't got nobody else, and nobody else seems to care, and nobody else seems to worry about it, it doesn't burden anybody else. I'm glad it does bother Jesus, and he loves you, whether anybody else does or not. Amen. Let me give you this. There's no limitation. It's whosoever. Let me give you not only a whosoever. You said, Brother John, I, I'm here this morning. Maybe you're regular, maybe you're visiting. You're here this morning. There's something you need this morning. See, I need something from God this morning. Can I tell you, you can have it? Ain't nobody in this building that can't have it. Ain't nobody that God has barred from having help. Ain't nobody that God said nope. He said yes to everybody that wants help. If you want help, he'll give it to you. I like that not only it's a whosoever, but let me say it's a whatsoever. He said, whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever. This morning, you got a whatsoever this morning. I guarantee you do. You say, why? How do you know that? Because God told me to preach this message to you this morning. You've got some whatsoever's this morning. You need to God, you need to take to God. There's some whatsoever's you need to get God to do something with. Hey, some whatsoever's in your life. Hey, some stuff that you don't know what to do with. Hey, some stuff you don't know how to move on. You don't know how to live. You don't know how to go anymore. I say, lay your whatsoever at the feet of God and let God have your whatsoever. It is whosoever. Well, I'm glad about that. I'm glad God ain't respecter of persons. And I'm glad it's a whatsoever. He doesn't, there's no limit to what I'm talking about. This man said, my problem is not so bad that Jesus can't help me. He crawls on that water anyway, saying, boy, I can. If I could just get where the water is, I can get some help. Boy, if you can just get around these altars, you can get some help. 
If you can just get around these altars, you can get some help. You say, I got problems. Hey, you come around here, you can get some help. And it ain't the preacher ain't the one going to give it to you. It's the great God of glory. Have you come where the water is? He'll give you help. Oh, man. Let me say this. I said there's no limitation, but I, I, so I'm still coming. Let me say this. It's worked for others. And I'm done right here. It's worked for others. So I'm still coming. I've seen him do some things in other people's lives that I know he can do it again. I know he can do it for me because I watched them get help. So I'm determined to keep on crawling. I can see that man. See, crawl. Somebody, some of you get up beside this guy and interview him. Why do you keep crawling to this pool? He'd say, because I saw somebody the other day do it and they got help. Why do you keep crawling? Because I, I had a guy the other day stepped in before me and he was cured of every disease that he had and he's back in town living with his family. He's back with his wife and has his children. And listen, boy, he, he's back around his family and his kids and his grandchildren. He's back around life because he kept crawling to the water. Amen. But I'm glad that <laughs> it's, it's word for others. So I'm still coming. Listen to what he said. Verse 7, I'm done. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. But while I am coming, listen to this, another steppeth down before me. So I've heard writers say this is a true story. God gave account that it was true. This was a true story that an angel at a certain time would come and stir waters and people would get in and they would be healed and they would be made whole. Boy, I got to read that. This man would crawl. He said, he said but while I am coming, he, he said, I'm crippled, but I'm coming because I seen the other day somebody stepped down in front of me and they got healed of whatsoever disease they had and I've got disease, I've got problems and God said he wouldn't be whatsoever. I've got a whatsoever and it's not so big that God can't do something about it. You've not got a prayer so big this morning that God can't do something about it. You've not got something in your life or on your heart that God cannot do something about it. Well, I'm glad it's a whosoever and a whatsoever, but I'm glad he done seen other people get help and he couldn't help believe he's going to get something too. Oh, man. I've seen God change lives. I've seen people get saved around an old-fashioned altar. I've seen people get right with God around an altar. He said, Brother John, I'm not saved. Hey, I've seen it work before. You come down this altar this morning, it can work again. Hey, it can work again. You can know for sure where you go if you died. You can have the blood of Jesus washed away all sin from your life. You said, Brother John, I'm not right with God. Hey, look, there's an altar right here, and it's worked every time that I've ever seen anybody come, and they got right, and God forgave them, and He changed them from then on out. I've seen people come to an altar with burdens. There ain't no way in the world. I don't even know if I can carry the burdens they carry and the sorrow they carry. But they laid it at an altar and we're home with peace and we're home with grace and we're home with help. I'm saying it worked last time. It can work again. Malia, if you come to piano, I may be crippled, but I'm still coming. I may have problems. 
but I'm still coming. You say, that altar's for perfect people. No, it ain't. That altar's for people to thank the Lord. Yeah, that's a good, place, good thing to do. But that's not all it is. This altar's a good place to get help and let God change your life. If you're not saved, it's a good place to get saved. It's a good place for God to make a difference. If you stand to your feet, eyes closed, head bowed, it's what God told me to preach to you.